All right, we're back at another Sound the Battle Cry. And today we're going to be talking about another passage that is used by pre-tribbers in the pre-trib refuted series. This one is one taken and the other left. This is uh, uh, one of those scriptures that you just hear. It's like a, um, you know, it's like a truism. These things that uh, a lot of pre-tribbers, you just hear a lot of different phrases that they use. Like the Lord will come, you know, the Lord comes as a thief in the night. One taken and the other left. And uh, they just say all these different phrases. And, you know, a lot of these phrases have, it's like a, a portion of scripture that's taken out of context. And they just say these phrases all together, like they're all talking about the preacher of rapture. But then when you go and individually look at each scripture in context, it's never talking about the preacher of rapture, ever. It's never talking about it. And so... Um, pre-trib, the pre-trib belief is built on a house of cards. It's a series of um, beliefs and statements that are all put together, and it so it makes it seem like they have all this evidence on their side, but they actually have nothing. Because the only way to really see if something is true if there's a multitude of points to deal with like let's say you know they have 50 different points that we have to deal with well it's the only way to get through the confusion is to deal with it one by one and if we have a discussion about one thing we stay on topic about that one thing one thing i can't stand is like when we're talking about one point and one topic is when people can't stay on point you know, you make a point about one thing and they're like, yeah, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? It's like the, um, there's a, a, a term, it's called like, you know, when you're fire hosing people, you're just shooting as much information at them as possible. And there's no possible way they can answer everything. So they go, ha, I won the argument. No, you didn't. You just uh, spouted off a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of different things that could be answered individually, but you won't give me the time or the day to answer you logically, coherently, scripturally, one by one. But that's what we're doing today. And um, and that's why I don't do, before we get into this, that's another point I want to make. That's why I don't do debates. Most debates, I think, are a waste of time because think about it. Uh, first of all, most of the time when debates happen, you have one side against the other. And at the end of the debate, most people go home more convinced of their position than they were before they came. Very rarely do people change their minds in debates. Now, sometimes it does happen, but most of the time it doesn't. and Because everyone's just rooting for their side because that's the way cult, the society works today is you pick a team and you fight for your team. But um, but the other thing with debates is is the, the restrictive time format and the way that it works. It's There's no possible way that you could really have the time to go in depth into each individual point. I mean, would you guys take a look at this? I'll look at all the videos I've been releasing, and I'm going to be releasing more um, about this pre-trib series. Each point I'm dealing with, you're talking about 20, 30, 40, 50-minute videos on one point. Each point is dedicated to that amount of time. And uh, I think that's necessary because there's no way... You go on Facebook or YouTube comments and you're debating back and forth. It never goes anywhere. It never goes anywhere. It's just people talking over each other, getting upset. And even if they're not getting upset, they're just talking, you know, over each other. And 
no point is ever really made because you're not it's it's much different if you sat down with someone and you both had your bibles and you say hey i'm gonna here's my point here's the scriptures that i believe prove my point what do you have to say about that and they can say well let's look at this scripture does that what is that really saying okay now what does this scripture say how often does that actually happen very very rarely but that doesn't mean it shouldn't happen that's what should be happening that's how we sit down and reason together come let us reason together reason in the scriptures that's the way it's supposed to go but today it's you know this is a problem in society as a whole but it also unfortunately infects christianity is that dialogue is broken down and obviously in politics it's out of control but in religion as well, people do not know how to even have a discussion. Um, one more thing I want to say about this, and then I'll move into the point. You know, I've done a lot of um, street evangelism, and I, you know, I've I've been on the streets in in many different states in the country: um, Boston, uh, Twin Cities in Minnesota, Texas, you know, a bunch of different places, and. Uh, you know, in reasoning, trying to reason with people, one of the things that I noticed that happened all the time is you try to show people a point, and in order to make a point, you kind of have to make a couple points. You build on the argument. You know, I mean, you know, you say like, "Well, this since this is true, that means this is true, and then this is true," and you know, you're trying to build up to a point. After about 15 seconds, someone's not able to follow you. And they want to they want to interrupt you. They want to talk over you. They can't follow the point. And I think that that <laughs> we have a serious problem today in all of society to where people don't know how to reason anymore. They don't know how to logically think. They don't know how to form coherent arguments. They say the most irrational things ever. Um, they don't even know when they're contradicting themselves. They very rarely ever think about if their own arguments make any sense because they don't care. They don't care um, because what people are most concerned about in America is being entertained. They just want to go to work, come home, be entertained, shut their mind off, escape from reality, go to a concert, escape from reality, whatever it is, and then go to bed. And that's it. And they want to have fun. Um, Very few people are going home after work studying things thoroughly you know um the bible any other subject really and thinking about their you know we're talking about their worldview the asking the big questions why are we here you know and then thinking thinking these things through uh it's just not happening and people aren't able to follow you so it does make discussions with people even harder um and a part of the res- the reason for that is the failure of the education system because public education is shouldn't even exist in the first place but since it does exist yeah i mean sorry even um it, it does exist and uh even the fact that you know it does exist let's say that's okay it's very poor publication is very poor and it has uh declined over time and um you know it's getting worse and worse not only um 
morally. It's unbelievable what they're teaching children, but people are not able to think properly because they're not teaching people um, how to think. They're teaching people what to think. And, and, and people are told because they memorize the answer in a book and then repeat it in the question section that they're smart and they get straight A's and they think they're smart and they go, go ahead and continue to do that in college and they go to their job. You're so smart. You're so smart. And all you are is an expert as recurred, regurgitating information that was shoved down your throat. That's not intelligent. That is not exercising critical thinking abilities and being able to form your own opinion based on knowledge that you've gathered, thinking about it, th- and 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 you know weighing the information to see what makes sense and not. It's been destroyed. It's been absolutely destroyed in this is country. And uh, I don't know why I'm getting off on this rant today, but you know. You, if you want to learn more about that, the dumbing down of education system, read the book, um, the dumbing down, the uh, what is it? The deliberate dumbing down of America by uh, Charlotte Iserby. I believe that's the title of the book. Check that out. Talks about the uh, education system. But anyways, you know, I just wanted to say that because, uh, you know, oftentimes when it comes to any of these topics, you know, we we you know we uh, we're trying to reason from the scriptures, but. Uh, in, in an overall context of just having discussions with people, it's very, very difficult to get people to stay on one point. Stay on one point and stick with that one point as long as you can until you've gone as far as you can with just that one point. Okay? I want you all to try and improve on that. Exercise that. Do the best that you can to answer the point. Don't attack the person. Don't appeal to emotion. Don't talk about something else. Don't say what about this and do what aboutism. Just stick with the point, present your evidence, and that's it. Okay? All right, let's move on now. Now, today, we're not talking about any of that. <laughs> we're talking about one taken and the other left. Let's get into it. This scripture is often cited to prove the preacher of rapture. They say that the people who are taken are people who are caught up in the pre-trib rapture. They say this event will be sudden and without warning with one person taken and the other person left behind wondering what happened. And all of a sudden, Kirk Cameron pops out of nowhere and saves Christmas. All right, so, but seriously, this scripture is often cited by preacher. It was heard it a million times. So let's look at these scriptures to see what it's actually talking about. So here's the one that they're citing. In uh, Matthew 24, verses 40 and 41, which says this, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. So obviously, this is the preacher of rapture, right? Someone's taken, the other left. They're left behind. Oh, there's left behind books, the left behind movies. That's where they get the term left behind. They're left, right? Planes are crashing. Who's going to, oh, now there's only one person grinding at the mill. Problem is, this is not talking about the rapture at all. Now let's look at the full context. So we're staying in the same chapter, Matthew 24, except we're going to go back a little bit and a little bit after it to get the full context. 
Now, if you want to get the full context of any scripture that you're looking at, let's say someone gives you a verse or a couple verses, you want to go back and read the whole chapter, first of all. But a good rule is at least do a 20-20, 20 verses before, 20 verses after, but at least the whole chapter. A lot of times, if you're trying to get the meaning of something, read the whole chapter. Oftentimes, the chapter has a theme, okay? Romans chapter 1, talking about all Gentiles condemned. Romans chapter 2, talking about all Jews condemned. Romans chapter 3, talking about all Jews and Gentiles condemned, and then salvation in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4, is talking about imputed righteousness, using Abraham from the Old Testament as an example. Uh, Romans chapter 5, talking about justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, is talking about just because we're saved by grace doesn't mean we can continue in sin. It's about not living a life of sin, being dead to sin. Romans chapter 7, talking about um, the the law in, in relationship to conviction of sin. And then uh, Romans chapter 8, talking about victory in the new Christian life, victory through the Spirit. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, talking about the Jews and Israel and the remnant saved and, and the elect and, and uh, issues of predestination. Okay, you can go on through and I can keep going. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talking about um, the uh, resurrection. Okay. And uh, Hebrews 11, Hall of Fame of Faith. Keep going. What is it? What do you notice the pattern of? The chapters have a theme a lot of times. And um, Isaiah 53, talking prophecy about Jesus Christ. All right, I'm not going to keep going, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's uh it's a good idea to see what's the whole chapter saying. Let's go back. You know, I'm going on some rants today, but I think they're beneficial rants. So, all right, Matthew 24 verses 30, starting verse uh, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the son of man be. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Are you noticing something right away? Now, let's pretend, hey, let's read the scriptures and pretend as if we've never heard about the preacher of rapture in our lives. And what would we come up with? Well, I know what we wouldn't come up with, the preacher of rapture. Because when I would read that, I would go, okay, so it's saying, as the days of Noah were, so shall the, the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay, so he's saying... The, coming of the, the second coming of Jesus will be like the days of Noah. Okay. And then, well, how? And then it says, for as in the days of Noah. Okay. They were eating and drinking and marrying. They, they, were, they were just living life, not expecting anything to change without a care in the world and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Now, is that a positive thing? Does that sound like a pre-trib rapture or any kind of rapture? No, the flood killed millions, probably billions of people and destroyed them. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then right after that, it says, one shall be taken and the other left. Now, if I was a person who'd never heard of the preacher of rapture 
and I read that it's talking about these people weren't expecting anything. Then the flood came and destroyed them. Then it says, one shall be taken and the other left. I wouldn't equate that with a rapture. I would say, oh, okay, it's talking about death and destruction. But let's look at a parallel passage to see if it says the same thing. Go to Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the Son of Man. Talking about the same thing, right? They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Once again, says the same thing. It's uh, talking about destruction. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot. All right, we got another comparison. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Okay, so it's talking about a similar thing. They had this attitude of everything's great, everything's going to continue on as as if they oh, it always has. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. What did it say before? The flood came and destroyed them all, destroyed them all, destroyed them all. It's talking about death and destruction. Nothing to do with a rapture. Verse 30, but even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay, so he says, here's an example from Noah's day. Flood, they weren't expecting anything. Flood came, destroyed them all. Here's an example from Lot's day. They weren't expecting anything. Fire and brimstone came, destroyed them all. Even so shall it be in the second coming of Jesus. And then the pre-tribbers say, that sounds like a pre-trib rapture. Excuse me? How in the world could you ever come up with that by reading this text? Never. The only way you could is because your pastor told you, and so you believe it. And then look at what it says. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day... Same day when the Son of Man is revealed, he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let it, likewise let him not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other left. The two men shall be uh two women shall be grinding together the one shall be taken and the other left two men shall be in the field the one shall be taken and the other left now is there anything that would indicate we're talking about a rapture here no it says destruction 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 one taken and the other left and then the disciples actually ask well they're taken where'd they go verse 37 and they answered and said to him where lord where were they taken and he said unto them Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. All right, now we're getting really specific, okay? Because we've already gotten major hints at what we're talking about here because we've got the example of Noah's flood destroying these people, Lot destroying these people, and he said, hey, in the second coming, it's going to be the same thing. But then when he says one taken is the other left, the disciples are still like, yeah, but where are they taken? I want you to tell me plainly, where did they go? Were they raptured out? It says, hey, where the bodies are, there's the eagles gathered together. Now you might be going, oh, what does that mean? Oh, well, that means that the eagles are like the angels that came and raptured them away and carried them to heaven. Not so, my friend, because we have parallel passages that explain what it means. 
Where the body is, the eagles will be gathered together. Is there another verse about the eagles gathered together? Oh, yes, there is. We just read in Luke 17. Jump back over to Matthew 24, verse 27 and 28. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be there will the eagles be gathered together. Now remember, we did another study where we said the word carcass could mean though just the body of someone, but most of the time it means dead body, right? So earlier it says where the body is, the eagles are gathered together. This says where the carcass is, there will be eagles gathered together. Now this really sounds like it's dead people. And so when they say where, Jesus said where the eagles are, that's where the body is, that's where the carcass is. But to add a final point, which will cement this view as the truth, let's go to the book of Job. It just so happens that this exact description of eagles being around dead bodies is written in the book of Job. So go back over to the book of Job chapter 39 and read verses 27 through 30. Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? She dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock and in the strong place. From thence she seeketh the prey, and her eyes behold afar off. Her young ones also suck up blood. And where the slain are, there is she. Where the slain are, the killed, the dead bodies, there's the eagle. What did Jesus say? Where the carcass is? That's where the eagles are. Where the body is, that's where the eagles are. And that was right after the, the disciples asked, when, one, when he said, one, taken, one shall be taken and the other left, they said, where, Lord? Where the body is, where the carcass is, that's where the eagles are. Where the slain are, there is she. These are dead people. It is very clear from comparing all these scriptures that the people who are taken are not raptured out. They are killed. It is the judgment of the wicked. And to further cement that point, we go back to the context of the chapter, which says, what is it? What was it doing? It was making a comparison. It said, as uh, the coming of the Son of Man is going to be like in the days of Noah, they weren't expecting it, flood destroyed them all. In days of Lot, they weren't expecting it, fire and brimstone came, destroyed them all. And then it talks about the one shall be taken and the other left. And then he explains Where'd they go? Where the body is? Where the carcass is? Where the slain are? There is she. That's where the eagles gather together. One taken and the other left has nothing to do with the preacher of rapture. Never has, never will. And so once again, that is another argument that if you're a pre-tribber, you should never, ever quote again. Thanks for watching. God bless you. Have a good day.